more than everybody else because you're too skinny right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Tell them you should be on TV if you're not already because you look like a model. Amen. Yeah, we have our 21-day fast that's starting next week. Um, it's something we've done every year. I will admit there were a few, it was a few years ago my wife cheated on the fast. And I did, I admitted it before the church because everything hidden, every stake that's hidden will be revealed. But uh, we continued right back with it. It's not about not eating or losing weight or anything like that. It's, it's about getting closer to the Lord. And you might just need to fast TV or fast football, God forbid. <laughs> but <laughs> there are some things that might even be harder for you to fast from than food, like your cell phone or a computer or social media or... Uh, amongst many other things. So uh, it's about getting closer to the Lord. So I encourage you to take part in that. But as I said, you don't have to. If you don't do it, the fasting police will most likely not come to your house. But be ready. <laughs> knock, knock. We're here to check the kitchen. It's funny because when the fast is going on, a lot of people are like, what are you eating? What are you eating? You can't eat this. You can't eat And it gets so focused on that, we forget why we're fasting. We're fasting because the fast that God wants is one that brings you closer to him. Amen? Amen. Let's just pray right now and get closer to him. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you for all those that are visiting with us today that they would take from this service, that they would just receive the word that they need your throne room, a rhema word that would change their life. We pray if anyone came in here not knowing Jesus as your son, that they would leave saved. Father, if anyone came in here sick in their body, facing a financial mountain, depressed, oppressed, empty, lonely, suicidal, not having a big decision coming up that they don't know what to do, maybe carrying unforgiveness, anger, Father, set them free today by the power of your word and by your touch, we pray. Speak through me. As I step aside, speak to your people. I pray that everybody here thinks that the service, sermon was for them as you speak to their heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus came? There would have been no Christmas. There would have been, wouldn't have been all that food. How many of you ate a lot of food on Christmas Eve? How many of you enjoyed your family for at least a little while over the last holiday? Praise God. I want to thank everyone who gave towards the North Brunswick Youth Shelter. I want to thank Jamie and Jasmine Martin for putting that together. I want to thank everybody else who went. I used to go to that youth shelter every month. And uh, finally, after 10 years or so, I've, you know, it was time for someone else to take it over. Steve Lone and Todd Riccatelli have done a, just a fantastic, fantastic job with that. But I got to go. You know, now, you know, you, you can go when you want. So I went on Christmas Day and uh, to bring Christmas spirit and love to a bunch of teens that don't, no one wants, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. So thank you for everyone that gave towards that. Amen. I just want to pray for those kids right now. Heavenly Father, we just lift up all the displaced teens. 
ones that don't know what their future is, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray you would come into their heart, fill the void that was left by family, friends, or their own behavior. We pray that you would fill that void, meet the need, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you what, you want to wake up, Cole? Go to the youth shelter. <laughs> Go to the jail. Go to the lockup. During the holidays, do something for someone else. Because the enemy would have us focus on ourselves. But just doing something for someone else. And, and year in and year out, I said to myself, I really should do something on Christmas. I really should do something. I get out there. And on Christmas morning, I said, I'm going to that youth shelter, and I'm going to bring the love of Jesus to those kids. And uh, it was awesome. It was the best blessing I could have. You know, many of us are in bondage right now. Jesus came to set us free. We've been talking about if he hadn't come, now I want to talk about why he came. Thank God he came. Amen? <laughs> could you imagine where you would be without Jesus? I wouldn't be here, and none of, none of my kids would be here either. I assure you of that. This church wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have eternal life. I wouldn't have any semblance of peace or joy or anything. Because without him, I have nothing. Thank God he came. He came to set us free. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this. Jesus was sent by the Father to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. He came to set us free. Well, you know, there's a lot of 13,000-pound elephants in here. And I'm not talking about the fact that you might weigh 13,000 pounds because none of you do. And after the fast, you won't, so don't worry about it. I'm talking about spiritual giants that are held down by a little rope that don't even realize they're being held. That don't realize that they could of Christ in them, they could yank that stake out of the ground and be all they could be in Christ. There are people here who are called to great things that are stuck. And it's not because they don't have the power in them to move. It's because they don't even know it. There are so many people who are stuck who don't Everybody say amen. amen. Say it could be me. You know why you, it could be you? Because you don't know it. But today the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. And the question is, will you pull the stake out of the ground? Amen? amen? It's so amazing that a big elephant like that, so trained over the years because of being held back, and it's like us, you know, disappointment. People have let us down. We feel God has let us down, maybe. Or maybe a church has let us down. Little things can put us into bondage. One bad thing a preacher says could put a rope or a chain around you for years and years and years. Anybody? I'm going to do my best not to do that. <laughs> Jesus set me free. I'm just hoping others are set free because of him setting me free. Or how about a parent or a relative or a coworker or someone you work for saying one thing over your life that you just couldn't get over? 
or abuse, physical, sexual, mental, whatever it might be, has tied you down and you don't even know you're tied down. And you can't move. Even though if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you've been set free. In John chapter 8, 36, it says, whoever the Son sets free is free. But so many of us are not living free, even though we can be free, and we don't even know it. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. I want you to know that Jesus came to set us free. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. How many of you know 18 years is a long time? And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. She was bent over for 18 years, and she couldn't get up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. Infirmity means a weakness, a weakness, a lack of power, sickness, disease, whatever it might be. And he laid hands on her. Immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall, lead it to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. Jesus came to set us free. Amen? Jesus came to set us free. Look at somebody in the audience and just say, Jesus came Jesus to set you free. And if the Son sets you free, guess what you are? If Jesus sets you free, you're free. Today's Sunday, right? If Jesus says it's Tuesday, what day is it? Tuesday. There you go. So whether you think you're free or whether you know you're free, if he sets you free, you are free. I want you to notice how she was set free. Number one, look at verse 10. She was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. She was in church on Sunday. She was bent over for 18 years, but she could get to church. But you can't get there because you have a sniffle. She was bent over for 18 years, but you couldn't get there because you had a fight with your spouse on the way. She was bent over, but you couldn't get there because your back hurt. The same back that hurt you all week, but for some reason on Sunday it hurts you more. She was bent over for 18 years. She could get to church, and you couldn't get there because I didn't feel like coming past. I woke up late, and I just couldn't get out of bed. But you got out of bed to go to the movies. You got out of bed to go to work for the boss you don't like. 
You got out of bed to watch the football game, even though most of us watch the football game in bed. Just... I love it. when people say this to me, oh, you're sick? Really? There's a healer here. Your back hurts? Get it straightened and fixed in church. Listen, let me tell you something. For you people that don't believe in church or whatever it is you, your mind's been fooled with, Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. If you're not building the church, you're not doing what Jesus does. Hello? He built this church. This is his church. If you're not with him building his church, you're not in his will. You're not doing what you're called to do. Well, people are constantly making excuses. You know why? Because they got a rope around them. And they can't move. And they, some of them don't even know it. Because somebody said something or something happened in their life and they haven't been able to pull away from it. Haven't been able to pull away from it. Number one, she was where she needed to be. Bent over and all. Number two, Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her. As simple as that. Jesus would always put himself in a position where he could see what's going on. When his disciples went across the water, he got up on a mountain to pray and he watched. When the offering was happening in the temple, he stepped up so he could see the woman put the two mites in. He's always watching. He saw her. He saw her. Whether you know it or not, he knows everything about you. Now, those of us that put our faith and trust in Jesus, he lives inside of us. Amen? Even if he's in you, sometimes we don't see what he sees. Even though he's in you, sometimes we don't see what he sees. He knows better than us. Amen? How many of you figured out that Jesus knows better than you do? You'll find yourself in a really good place when you realize that God knows more than you. It's that simple. Let me tell you something. That's a great revelation for a lot of people. How many of us tried to do it on our own for so long? Listen, he sees you. He knows you. And he knew how long that woman was in that condition. He said 18 years, and then he goes, think of it, 18 years. He wants you to think of it. Think. He knows how long. He knows how long you've been stuck. He knows how long your marriage has been a mess. He knows how long you've been sick in your body. He knows how long finances have ruled you instead of you ruling it. He knows how long. Amen. Preach. That's a good amen. Everybody learn from that amen. Let me hear a good amen from everybody here. Amen. All you got to do is like church. Amen. amen. Listen, when I sat in the pews and my pastor preached, they wanted to shut me up. I said amen after everything. Amen, 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 amen. <laughs> Hey, amen, be it unto me, let that be me. Don't be stuck to the point where only Jesus sees it and you never see it. But he saw her situation. Jesus sees your situation. She was in the right place. 
He saw the situation. You're in the right place. He sees your situation. Next thing, he calls her. He calls her. Jackie. <laughs> Jordan. Greg. Janina. I thought there was only one person on earth named Janina. But there's another one. Met her in the first service today. God calls you. He says, I have, it says in Isaiah that he's called you by name. He's called you to something. He wants you free because he's called you to something. What has he called you to? He knows exactly where you are. How many of you know you're called by God? How many of you got the call? How many of you, when the phone rang, you picked it up? How many of you put God on hold? How many of you sent God voicemail? Oh, yeah, you have. Many of us have. Not now, God, I'm busy. Not now, God, I'm busy. Decline, decline, decline. Then God texts you. <laughs> Send you a text. Send you a text. He has called you to do something great. Something that you can't do yourself. Because he wants to be involved with you. Called you. Called me. Called me. But many times I'm just stuck. God called me to write a book, right? I wrote this book. I delayed the release of this book so many times. Because you know what? I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel good about my story. I didn't feel good about my book. I was like, Alicia, I, I got so depressed about this book. My wife was like, would you just release this darn book already? Is darn a curse? I said, darn. Okay. I'm right. She said, just release this book. What are you waiting for? I said, honey, I just don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. My... Because as I was doing my story, and, and many of you, I encourage you, listen, you don't even have to publish it. Write a book about your life. Tell me how you feel about three months in. Oh, my God, I was an emotional mess. I was a wreck. Oh, Lord. Amen. I like that. That's a new one. We got amen. I believe it. I like that. I like that. That's a, good, that's a new thing we're going to do at church. I believe it. I like that. should write a book. <laughs> so... I wrote, you know, and it's like, finally, I finally let it go. I said, all right, God, let's release this book. Do you know I have sold hundreds of copies of this book? I'm selling this book. People out of state are buying this book? People are downloading on Kindle? They're actually buying it? I had three Amazon reviews. I want more. Just throwing that out there. Uh... People are texting me and messaging me saying, my life has totally changed because of your book. Somebody sent me something last night. Uh, Hun, I was just like, I was in tears. It's like, wow. Wow, I, something really, God really does have a calling on me. Because for the longest time in my life, I never had affirmation. I always just wanted a parent that would come to me and say, I'm proud of you. Any of you know what I'm talking about? You just, 
just, it's a kid just raised their hand because <laughs> your parents right next to you. <laughs> it's just, I saw a whole family raise their hand. I'm like, somebody could probably affirm somebody here. I just, but does anybody know what I'm talking about? You just want to hear, good job, son. You did good. You know? I mean, my whole life I didn't do good, and I'll never be good. So when I ask you how you're doing, don't tell me I'm good. If you know me pretty well, I don't go for that. Because you ain't good. You want something to eat? No, I'm good. No, you're not. <laughs> Say I'm full. Okay, Grace? If I ask you... <laughs> <laughs> People say to me, like, I'm good. No, you're not. Only God is good. When they said to Jesus, you're good, he even said, nope, only God is good. But, you know, my whole life was mostly doing bad, and I, you know, I've met Jesus, and I still do bad. But occasionally, I do good that actually matters. Like, I can actually do something that actually matters for eternity, and you would hope at that point that someone would say, hey, good job, you know, just always looking for that affirmation, always looking for it. You know, and you know, finally, somebody set me free from that. His name is my father in heaven. And his son, Jesus Christ, set me free from that. I'm good enough because Jesus died for me. That's, that, that says I'm good enough. And you're good enough because the father gave his son's life for you. It's good enough. That says you're valuable. That says you're worth something. And if anything, I pray that from today, you would understand that you are valuable. You are worth something. And that's what Alyssa was saying. You know what? Through her life, she, she never felt valued. People treated her bad. And she got her identity from that. But now she gets her identity from God. I come here every day and I watch Alyssa go down to that preschool and I watch those kids run to her. That, that, that wasn't an act. That's real. She's making a difference because Jesus set her free. And Jesus has set you free to make a difference. Notice the next thing. Jesus spoke over her. Jesus spoke over her. She was in the right place. He saw her situation. He called her, and then he spoke over her. Hallelujah. You can put up that next scripture right now. And he said to her, he said to her, do you know when you read the Bible, guess who's talking to you? Jesus. Jesus. Guess who's texting you? God through his son Jesus, is literally speaking to you. So Jesus said to her, woman, you are loosed from this weakness. You are loosed from this insecurity. You are loosed from this disease. And God's word never returns void, which means it never returns empty. It always accomplishes what it's sent for. Always. Say always, always. Don't tell me I'll always love you. You won't. Don't say I'll always be on time. You won't. Don't say I'll always take out the garbage. You won't. 
don't say it. But if God says his word always accomplishes it, it does. It does. Because he said it. God says you are loose right now from your insecurity right now. God says you are loose from your need to be validated right now. God says you are loose for I coulda, shoulda, woulda right now. God says you are loose from finances running your life right now. God says you are loose from sickness and disease right now. God says you're loose from depression, depression, relational breakdown right now. God says you're loose from yourself right now. You're loose from you. Because many times the rope is put there by you. I preached a message years ago, free from me. Amen. That's another one. We got amen. I believe it. And that's true. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 He spoke over her. And then it says in verse 13, after he spoke that word, let me tell you something. Once he told her she was loose, guess what? She was loose. She was loose. But then he laid his hands on her. <laughs> Not like that. That's, that's me and my wife. <laughs> You're so beautiful. I just love you. He laid his hands on her. How many of you have ever been touched, really touched by God? Not just you know, you're reading his word because there's word, but then there's a touch. There's something more. I always long for my father to just come and say, son, good job. job. Imagine, now my father's with the Lord right now because I led him to Jesus a few months before he died. But I always hoped maybe one day that he could come up to me and lay his hands on me and pray a blessing over me. That's why the father's blessing is so important to me on Father's Day. We bless our kids, you know, because it's so important. But you know what? He touched me. He touches me all the time. He says, you see that word? Don't worry, you're going to get through it, Joe. And he touches me. He says, it's going to be okay. Yes. You're going to make it. Yes. See, because the touch is personal. Yeah. The touch is personal. It's more than just a word. It's personal. He loves us. He loves us. Jesus went and touched her. And from that, she was able to straighten herself up. She was able to, <laughs> we need his compassion. We need his word. We need his touch. We need all these things. You know why? Because religion will try to steal it. Religion will try to steal it. Look what happens in the midst of this. In the midst of a woman for 18 years being literally, it means being bent over double. A woman that all she would see is the ground all the time. All she saw was the dust of the earth. From dust we come, from dust we go to. All she saw was earthly things, physical things. 
All she saw was herself. We get caught up in ourself, don't we? You know some people that all they think about is themselves? Because they're tied to the ground. Because they're bent over and all they can see is their problems and their needs. When you can straighten yourself up and find out there's a lot of need out there, then you'll find yourself. Alyssa found herself when she started serving the Lord. She found out who she was. So many people are so focused on their own stuff that they forgot about the, the rest. They're so self. But this woman, all just all the time, all the time. And it says that this religious leader, he got indignant. Look at the next scripture. It says that the ruler of synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, notice who he talks to. Notice who the religious leader talks to. Don't talk to Jesus because he doesn't have an answer for Jesus. Against such there is no law. He said to the crowd, because religion will always talk to the people and tell them they're not good enough, tell them they haven't done enough, try to keep them in bondage. So he talked to the crowd and he said, there are six days on which men ought to work because religion is always interested in work. Therefore, come and be healed on the days when people are working. Not on the Lord's day, God forbid. And the Lord said, you hypocrite, you actor, you phony, you fake phony fraud. I just made that up. It's my... My paraphrase. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey so they can get something to drink? Let me ask you a question. What's more important to you, people or animals? Don't answer. Because some of you care about a dog more than you care about a person. Oh, let me get an amen from that. You care about a parakeet more than you care about a soul. What's the matter with you? You're all twisted. What's more important, an ox or a human being? A donkey or a person? Well, if animals are more important, stop eating chicken and hamburgers. I, I tell these people, they're talking about animals, yet they're at, they're at McDonald's. No eggs. No dairy. Cut it. Go in the Daniel Fest. <laughs> Animals are, they don't have souls. They're, I'm sorry, I love my dogs, okay? Jesus is like, really? You let an ox or a donkey get something to drink, but this woman who's been bent over for 18 years, you got a problem with her getting healed? What's the matter for you? What's the matter for you? Really? Look what he says. Now, this guy says, look at the next verse. He goes, the, the religious guy goes, aren't there six days where the men ought to work? Jesus says, oh, you want to ought? Okay. Ought not. <laughs> this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. How many of you here use the word ought a lot? Well, you ought to. Ought not this woman who's a daughter of Abraham, 
She's called. She's special. She's blessed. She always has been. Nothing's changed. The only difference is she was like the elephant, and she didn't know she could pull away the whole time. Daughter of Abraham. Didn't know she could pull away the whole time. Whom Satan has bound. Listen, Jesus came, 1 John 3, 8, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is not letting Satan win. I don't care. Religion, all this nonsense, he will not let Satan win. How many of you like to win? Raise your hand, honey. How many of you know one of your top five attributes is competition? Yeah. Go ahead. You know how you know the first one to raise your hand? Nobody's getting a hand up before me. How many of you are competitive? I am. I will not play her in ping pong anymore. You know why? Because she's starting to beat me. You know you're competitive when you won't play a certain game or sport that you can't win. You move on, you find something that you win in, and that's what you do. That's why I don't play Monopoly or any games of chance, because there's a chance I might not win. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on now. Don't play my wife in ping pong. Dang! My kids are like, Dad, why didn't you get a ping pong table? I don't know. I don't think it'll fit downstairs. That's not why I didn't get it. All right, everybody? You know why I didn't get it? Because I don't want her to say, let's play ping pong. <laughs> you know why the last time we played ping pong, we were on vacation, and no one was around, so I said, I guess I could play ping pong with her now. No one will know if I lost, except me. So I played. It was like a death match in the Mexican sun. <sighs> Sweating. It was 2020. I was, please, Holy Spirit, give me this point. I won the game. I said, I will never play ping pong again. Didn't I? How many years ago was that? And I've never played ping pong again. You want to arm wrestle? I'll arm wrestle. You want to play basketball? I'll play basketball. Ain't playing ping pong with you anymore. I am going out a winner. I like to win. Guess what? Jesus always wins. Even when it looks like he lost, he won. He always wins. As bad as it was, he still won. Guess whose team he's on? Our team. You think Jesus was going to let Satan win? Listen, forget all the other stuff, 18 years and all that stuff. You think Jesus is going to let Satan win? He said, listen, Satan is in on this. We're winning. Be loose on the Sabbath, on the day before, two days before. It don't matter. We're winning. We're winning. Not going to let Satan win ever. Worship team, come on up. Listen to me. It's time to come to our senses. It is time to come to our senses. Remember the prodigal son? Remember the prodigal son? He took his inheritance. He went off and blew it. Jewish guy. Usually Jews are a little smarter with money. I'm half Jewish. (laughs) A little better with numbers. We don't take our inheritance and blow it. But he did. Guess where he finds himself? Feeding pigs. Oh, my God, for a Jew, that is like a death sentence. Any of you ever seen pigs live in their habitat? How long before you ate bacon again? A little while? A day or two? Life without bacon stuff. All right, how about a ham sandwich? 
remember, you know, I don't really like pork all that much, but I went over to Cook College over there, and I saw the pigs for like five minutes. I was like, oh, my God. That's what's in a hot dog. <laughs> Ham sandwich, never again. So I eat beef hot dogs and turkey. Point being, they're in that situation, you know, and, and he had to feed the pigs. And it got so bad for him that he was saying to himself, listen, if I could just eat what the pigs are eating, he was so hungry. And then something really cool happens. It says that he came to his senses. And I'm pleading with you Christians today. Come to your senses. Come to your senses. If he has set you free, you're free. You can move that rope. You can be who you're called to be. Healed and delivered right now today. 1 Corinthians 15 34 says this. 1 Corinthians 15 34. Hallelujah. Says this. Come back to your senses as you ought. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. The word ought is not that. I was like, okay, this must be the right scripture. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning for there's some who are ignorant of God. Other translation says are ignorant of God's power. Come to your senses. Realize whatever it is that's holding you back with the power of Christ in your life, you can rip it right out of the ground. What are we letting him hold us back from? Why aren't we moving? Some of you right now, God's telling you, it's you. It's you. You've allowed the rope to hold you. <laughs> Tell you a quick story, and then we're going to pray. After I'd lost everything like three or four times, you can read it in my book. Not pushing my book, but I... It's just my life. You know how you overcome the enemy? By your testimony. So I went to a, a, a job at Intercontinental Exchange. I worked there. They made me a vice president, you know, which was no big deal. There was only 20 of us at the time, but it was great. The company was doing $5 million in sales, whatever. When I was done, my division was doing half a billion dollars in sales. Um, but... As I was growing in the company, I, I wasn't getting any raises. It's, it's amazing. Any of you, like, how many of you work at a place that if you don't ask for a raise, you ain't getting one? Okay. It's not like they come in and say, you know what? You're fantastic. Let me triple your salary. Oh, they might give you a percent or two. Aren't you so happy? We're giving you 2.4%. That's going to raise your paycheck $17.50 every two weeks. Are you excited? So after a while, I stopped being excited. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to get a raise. I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't have a father to go to and say, hey, you know, what should I do? Like, I didn't have anybody to tell me. My wife was just like, make more money. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the kids were like, food, food, ah, ah, ah. 
close, close, close. I want to go to the movies. It's $500 now. <laughs> I mean, when we were growing up, going to the movies, like six kids, it was like $5. Now it's like $200 to go to the movies. God. I say wait till the movie comes out. Rent it. Six of us can watch it for $4.99. $4.99 won't even get you half a ticket. But Jesus. That's why when we give away movie tickets and prizes here, people are killing each other. I realized, I forgot. They're expensive. Anyway, so I didn't know. I didn't know what to do, but I knew I was, I, I, I had a sense that maybe I was a little more valuable than what I was making. So I went to a friend of mine. I could say his name because he's on TV all the time. But I said, see, this guy had just lost $50 million for a company. Now, back then on Wall Street, the more you lost, the better your next job was. My problem was I only lost a million. Jeez. Wish I could have gone back and lost more. Anyway, I'm being serious. <laughs> this is real. He became the president of the exchange that was our competitor. And I was like, I'm watching CNBC News, and he was named the president. I'm like, what? How did he get that gig? So, of course, when I needed a raise, I went to him. And I said, blah, blah, blah. how'd you do that? Like, how do I go? How do I, you know? And he said, first of all, I'll offer you a job and use that as leverage. And I said, still, I don't think that's going to work. I said, how did you do that? And he was starting to talk. I said, wait, let me write this down. Now, the last time I wrote a lot was that and then signing my book. Otherwise, I never write stuff down. I either got to put it on my phone or record it. I hate writing. You know why my handwriting is so bad, I can't even recognize it. You know, I was doing some research about some checks that I wrote. I still can't figure out who I wrote this check to because I can't read the handwriting. You think I'm kidding. It's true. So I said, wait a second. I'm going to write this down. And he said, this is what you do. Go to your CEO and say this. Say... <laughs> And be very businesslike. Don't get emotional. Okay, that's going to be hard for me. I got to pray about this. It's all business. <sighs> I have a responsibility to myself and my family to optimize my compensation in the current market environment. <laughs> I, I'm telling you word for word. That is what I said. You know it, huh? We talked about it. That was it. And I said, I want bump, 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 which was more than three times what I was making. Listen, I understand one thing as being half Jewish, shoot for the stars. And maybe they'll meet you in between. But I'm not going in low. <laughs> so I went in way up there. He comes back just right under that. Boom. I went home. Making three times, almost three times times what I was making in one shot. Don't clap for that. <laughs> well, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it was nice at the time, yeah. But it's gone. I left it. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is I learned a very valuable lesson. And that valuable lesson was that I'm more valuable than I think. 
and you're more valuable than you think. And as Alyssa said, it's how God values you. And God has valued you. You're greater than any price ever paid because he paid it with his own son, the blood of Jesus for you. Let's bow our heads right now with that in mind. Hallelujah. Let's say this prayer. Listen to me. If you're not 100% sure that you're a child of God, if you're not 100% sure that if you died tonight, you're going to spend eternity in heaven, if you're not 100% sure that God's blessing is on your life right now, say this prayer, believe it, receive the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross and, and obtain eternal life Obtain God's favor forever, right now, by saying this prayer with me. Everybody's eyes are closed, head is bowed right now. Father, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. His blood was shed for my sin. Forgive me, Father. I've made many mistakes. But I trust that those mistakes have been nailed to the cross. Jesus' blood covers my sin. You raised him three days later from the dead that I can have a new life of blessing. I put my faith in that sacrifice today. Amen. Everybody's eyes are closed, head bowed. If you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to receive all the blessings that come along with it. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. All of you people that raise your hand, stand up where you are right now. Stand up. Come on. There's a bunch of people. Go ahead. Stand up. Stand up. 